I'm going to read you a bit called The Story So Far, which comes quite near the end of the book. Once upon a time, all good stories start with once upon a time, there was a little girl called Kathleen Wood, who lived with her parents Dick and Doris and her older sister Rita in a little house in the east end of London. Dick got TB because he worked in a toxic paint factory and had to go away to a sanitarium in the country. Doris worked hard as a dressmaker and although there was only often bread and dripping to eat, Kathleen and Rita were always dressed in nice clothes with neatly brushed hair. Dick got better and came home, but war broke out. Rita and Kathleen were taken away from their parents and sent off as evacuees to live with strangers. Then Dick got a job as a welder in Hertfordshire and the family moved out of London. Dick and Doris scrimped and saved to send their daughters to a private school. The sisters grew up. Dick died when Rita was 19 and Kathleen, now called Kate, 17. Dick was 47. Doris emigrated to Australia. Kate got married to Malcolm and went to live in Nigeria. Kate and Malcolm had two children called Simon and Sarah and then Kate fell in love with someone else called Alan, left Nigeria and went to live in Ireland. Alan and Kate had a daughter, Tara. Kate and Alan then went back to Africa, to South Africa, and had another baby, Tiffany. Kate became famous, sort of, and they lived happily ever after, the end. But they didn't, and of course, it wasn't the end. There is no end. I'd been pestered for quite a while by several publishers because the two previous ones had been bestsellers. Uh, there's more to life than the surface and doing it with Doris. So for a time I'd been sort of thinking about it, but I've been so incredibly busy. But then last year I thought, no, let me do it. And I phoned Alison Lowry, who used to be head of Penguin, is the best editor in the whole of South Africa. And I said to Alison, I'm thinking of doing another book. And she said, yes, go for it. So I sat down and wrote it. But it's quite difficult. I mean, I've had a very long life. I've packed so much into it. I think I've had more ex experiences than most people have in several lifetimes. But I tell you what... When I die, I will not be one of these people who say, if only, or what if. Because it's so personal and it's so honest. Yes, and I cried sometimes when I wrote it, and I laughed. I laughed uh, a lot too when I wrote it, and I have a really, really good memory. I have no memory for names, but I have a superb memory otherwise, and I can remember right back to age two, age three, except... For the six months when I was evacuated in World War Two, I have absolutely no memory. I remember them tying a parcel label to me, holding my sister's hand, getting onto a train and chugging off into the unknown. I suppose a shrink will call it classic blockout. And I've sometimes thought when I get very old, very old, uh, maybe those memories will come back, but they never have. Oh, there's wonderful things about getting older. And as I've said in the book, you know, the thing is when you're young, you want everybody to like you and you want to make an impression. When you're old, excuse my language, but you don't care a shit. You really, you really don't. You know what you're good at 
and you're not frightened to say so, and you also know what you'll never be good at and you're bad at, and you're also not frightened to say so. So it's a very, very comfortable, contented place to be. I have nine grandchildren, ranging from 29 to 6. All of them live in Johannesburg. I mean, how, how lucky is that? So I really know what's going on. I've got teenagers, I've got young career people, I've got little ones. I know what's going on totally. And what worries me is so often young people are very driven. They're going to do their BA, they're going to do their MA, they're going to get their uh, CFA, they're going to do whatever, and they're charting their lives out. And in the, in the meantime, they're missing a lot of fun. And maybe I'm not the best person to ask, although I get asked a lot of advice by young people, because I have ricocheted all my life from one thing to another. I've made opportunities, I've taken opportunities, and I love it. And that's my way. I'm not saying it's everybody's way. I mean, when I left university, I was always married. I got a very good degree and won a PhD scholarship to go and study in Iceland. I mean, my God, I've been to Iceland since. <laughs> and I love, I studied Old Icelandic and I love Old Norse, hate Vikings. Um, but I mean, my, my life would have been totally and utterly different. So go for it. And that's what my mother Doris taught us because she would take my sister and I out into the garden during World War Two. There are Hitler's armies massing on the shores of Europe ready to invade us. My mother would take us out in the garden and say, look at the moon. If you want to go to the moon, go to the moon. And the other night I watched the International Space Station go over and it was so wonderful. I mean, to go from Spitfire bombers going over to bomb Germany to watching in the beautiful clear blue skies of Johannesburg, the space station going over. Life is amazing. Um, I love my home, love being here. And I love living alone. I, I never lived alone until I was in my early 70s. Never realised I'd never lived alone. But I have, you know, because all my family is here, my dogs are here, my friends are here, I'm never, I'm never alone, uh, actually. So I love, love, love home. I'm very proud to be a member of the South African media because, as you know, we have a very good global reputation. We are fearless. We do tell the truth. If we go on air tomorrow and criticise our president or anybody else, we would sleep in our own beds tomorrow night. I do a lot of media training in Botswana, Namibia, Rwanda, other African countries. We'd be in prison. We'd be dead. We'd be shot. Our families would have disappeared. So I have enormous respect for South African media and I'm very proud to be a member of it. Having said that, sometimes I think it gets too heavy. I think sometimes we need, it needs to lighten up a bit. I find myself now switching between radio stations and of course, and this is a criticism of the media, there's far too much advertising. Far too much. And we know why. I mean, you've got to keep the radio station going. It's got to pay the bills. But usually radio advertising is awful. It's absolutely 
awful. It takes me back to the 50s when newspaper advertising was a housewife in a frilly pinny standing at the door saying, oh, hello, hubby, I beg some scones for you. Now we've got, oh, I painted my walls green. Oh, darling, they're wonderful. Two favourite moments, I think. Oh, so many, because as you know, I've interviewed the Beatles, I've interviewed the Dalai Lama, I've interviewed ordinary people, I've interviewed all sorts of people. But when I was at 702, I had a curse put on me, the Turkington curse, which still stands. I interviewed the leader of a cult in America called Fred Phelps, and he was viciously homophobic, so much so that a law, not only a state law, but a national law, was passed against him. And I got quite irritated with him and got rid of him. And then he got all his followers to put the Turkington curse on me, which, you know, I was terribly worried about. <laughs> anyway, but one of my daughters pointed out that the next day the 702 transmitter got struck by lightning and was actually out of action for two days. Nothing has happened to uh, me. That was one. And the second one was when I interviewed Jesus Christ, who of course came from Southern California, silk suits, gold chains. And he answered quite a lot of questions and it got round to his mother, and he said, well, there are some um, things my mother never told me. And the 702 listener called in and said, well, one of them was just start staring mad. But I got on very well with him, and the next day I got an email making me an honorary angel. So in the same year, Turkington Curse still standing, honorary angel still standing. <laughs>